This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Anthony Smith wins and Alexander Gustafson calls it a career. Jimmy Manoa calls it a career. King Mo calls it a career. Nick Hine calls it a career. A lot of careers coming to an end this past weekend. Nate Diaz claims he's beaten everyone at lightweight and two titles are on the line this weekend at UFC 238 in Chicago. Thanks to those listening on TSN Radio in Toronto and Ottawa. Order the podcast, tell your friends, review the show and subscribe. We appreciate any listener feedback you might have or any questions you might have. Feel free to reach out to, to either of us on Twitter, at Aaron Bronstetter for myself, at Bazooka Joe V on Twitter for Joe. Joe, how are you? I'm good. Good. Two weeks in a row. Two let's, weeks in a row. Let's get the streak going. Yeah, I got a nice fresh haircut for everybody I listening. Like it. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. Yes. For everybody if you're listening, listening could appreciate my nice haircut that I just got. Just take my word just for, for it. Just for everybody listening, I got yeah. it for you guys. All right. Yeah, so it's been good. Well, if you want to go to a barber that's closer, I, I know a guy that wants to cut like celebrity yeah. hair, celebrities' hair for free. It's and um, you're a celebrity. It's a touchy, doesn't cut my hair for free. I'm not a celebrity. It's a touchy thing for me. It's like uh, my hairdresser is like my girlfriend. You got to be careful. You got to be loyal. You have to make sure you see them all the time. You this, can't you can't cheat on them because you know yeah. they'll know as soon as you walk in and someone else cut your hair, they're gonna know. And it's like a it's a disrespect thing. I'm telling you, this dude that I go to. He takes like over an hour to cut my hair, and I don't I have like a lot that. of hair. Yeah, he's very yeah. meticulous. Boom, that's me. I'm a perfectionist yeah, he's with my awesome. hair. Awesome, I love that guy. I'm the probably Pet, the... Pet, shout out to Petru at Custom Cuts. Petru, give him a shout out for free. Why yeah, not? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm very picky. I'll sit there. I'm, I'm in the chair checking and and making sure every piece of hair is perfect. Excellent. Well, it looks good today. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, as mentioned, a lot of uh, retirements over the past uh, yeah. couple days in MMA. Big ones. But does that mean anything in MMA these days? That's the thing. Well, that's the big question. And yeah. uh, with Gustafson, I think the only thing that could really get Gustafson out of retirement is if there's a new champion. Like if Jones... He's, I mentioned this on the show last week, and I came out looking like a genius thanks to Anthony Smith. But the mentality behind both fighters were two different mentalities. You know, Smith went five rounds with Jones. He lost, you know, pretty decidedly, but... Because he had only lost once, there's always a chance you can get a good rematch if you stay in the mix. Gustafson's lost twice to Jones. Mm -hmm. To get a third title shot, I don't know if there's ever been a situation where somebody's gotten a third title shot against the same champion. Like, I I can't, where they've lost every time. I mean, Cormier might end up being the person that gets it against Jones, but he was the defending champion the last time he fought Jones, right? So, I just think getting any contender that's kind of up there at Jones level is going to be hard. Right, we're gonna have to have a lot of rematches. We're gonna have to try to build stars for for John Jones to go off on. I think it's gonna be tough. Even now with the win with Anthony Smith, what does that mean? You know, like he just fought John Jones. So where does that put him in the mix for the title again? Well, I mean, that's gonna be, I guess, determined by the next contenders, like who else. But there's not a whole lot of people in that mix no, because Jones is off everybody. It's yeah. tough. A lot of young guys coming up though. We saw Jimmy Manoa lost to Alexander Rakic over the weekend, and Rakic looks like he's making a name for himself. Dominic Reyes is in the top five. Johnny Walker, everybody's talking yeah. about. Let's hope. There's a lot of young guys starting to come up in that division. But that's the issue. Young, they don't have that championship experience. You're going against the greatest at all times. So you gotta expect these guys to go in, probably lose the first time, gain a lot of experience from that. Kind of come back, get better, then get their shot again. So that's kind of the best bet. Or if John Jones ends up going to heavyweight, I think that's where we'll see changes. But it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, that's probably going to be what the determining factor is, is what happens with Jones in the future. But, I mean, he's facing Tiago Santos. If Santos ends up winning, I mean, Santos is the last person to beat Anthony Smith, so there's a good story there as well. Yeah, Um, but the chances are... Well, not the last person, sorry, the last person aside from Jones, I should correct. Chances are very slim, but... Who knows? We just saw Anthony Joshua get beat this weekend yeah. as well. Let's, so well, who let's knows? talk about that a little bit later <laughs> on as well. Uh, because that was surprising. And I shout out to Ruiz for uh, pretty much shocking make, the world. Well, it's not just shocking the world, but for like basically 
fooling Anthony Joshua before the fight with all yeah. kinds of different things he was doing, but uh, getting in his head in, in the opposite kind of way. But um, Anthony Smith looked phenomenal in that fight. I mean, he lost the third round, but uh, looked very good in the first and second. You know, Gustafson's strategy, as he told uh, you know everybody at the press conference after the fight, was to let you know let Smith have some of the early rounds, keep his energy, and then at the end of the fight really start to, Try to pour on. Which is a good strategy against Smith because we've seen Smith slow down at the end of fights. Yeah, I mean that first round for Gustafson was really slow. I don't think he threw much at all in that first round. Um, but uh, yeah, Anthony Smith is pressure. You, you, I mean, I think Gustafson's style is an exhausting style because he has to move a lot. And I think Anthony Smith, man, just looked good. I questioned his mindset, and I mean that's what we talked about last week. I mean, when you're there and you're not sure if you want to take a fight, but I think he took that and fueled it as anger. And, I mean, he looked bet- one of his best. I think he looked phenomenal, especially we don't see him as a ground guy. And to see something like that, I thought it was impressive. Yeah, that was my counterpoint was if you look at Smith going into this fight saying he doesn't want to take the fight, but his reason for taking the fight was because he felt he couldn't turn it down. It was the number one contender. He wants to stay in the mix. And taking time away from his family, I think, fueled him with anger. And, but also with motivation because, you know, you don't want this to all be for naught. You don't want to have to travel away from your family for eight weeks or whatever it is and then come home and be like, well, I, I couldn't get it done. Yeah. There's, there's that added motivation that goes into it that can take you a long way when you're fight, fighting somebody who is not that much better than you. I mean, I think there's a chasm between Jones and just about everybody in the division. But I think a 32-year-old Gustafson who has been pretty inactive – Anthony Smith can hang with someone like that. Yeah. And, and and the retirement for Gustafson, I don't mind it, to be honest with you. I think it's, uh, as he mentioned, his goal is to be the best. And, and if he's not hitting that point, like why take your body through more damage? I mean, if he set himself up great, apparently he's a big deal in Sweden. Um, I think it's good. I think more people need to take that approach. Set yourself up good. Why keep fighting for that further damage? You did your... Th- your job, your job was to try to be the best in the in, in the sport. You got to those two title shots against the best in the world. You had great performances. I mean, now you're losing to those lower guys. Then you fly off. I think it's a great move for him. Yeah, and I wouldn't even consider Anthony Smith a lower guy at this point in time. Like Anthony yeah. Smith is a legit top three guy in that division now. It's yeah. impossible to say otherwise. So, um, but Gustafson's point is, you know, I I only want to be yeah. doing this if I can be the best. And right Absolutely. now, with a loss to Smith and a loss to Jones, two in a row. I don't think he's lost two in a row before. Um, actually, he did. He lost two in a row to uh, Johnson and uh, Cormier. But uh, I digress. If you can't be at that top level, I feel like that makes a lot of sense to walk away yeah. at that point in time. Because you keep why chasing take more him. damage. Yeah, and why you keep, keep chasing, chasing. Yeah. Why? You keep chasing. You did it. You're realistic to yourself. And then you're going to have a, an enjoyable life outside of martial arts. At 32 years old, you're still good. You're still young. You're still healthy. He says he owns a gym. Perfect. I mean, you now have something set up for after your career. So, I mean, go out when you're on your own will like that. I like it. And his teammate Jimmy Manawa calls it a career as well after getting you know really badly yeah. knocked out. And he's this is how crazy this sport is. Two years ago, Jimmy Manawa was about to fight Volkan Uzdemir, and if he won a fight, he was going to be next in line for the light heavyweight title. Loses that fight in the first round to Uzdemir. Loses the next three, so he's lost four in a row. Yep. That's a pretty sure sign that uh, it's time to call. And him I believe day. he's near his forties, isn't he? He's like thirty-nine or forty. Yeah, yeah, he's near that. So I mean, that's someone again. Maybe too many fights, but he's got to the top. He's there. But call it after big knockouts like that. It's going to be hard. I mean, I feel you shouldn't be able to retire on the spot. I think that's um, something 
they, they, they really the UFC shouldn't allow you to do. I mean, unless you're the big star, but let go oh, home, Gustafson take home. Yeah, but I'm talking about Manoa and yeah. those guys. And go home, didn't. take your time, mm-hmm. take a week, reflect, because there's so many emotions going on when you lose. When you lose, you, you think to yourself, you suck, I'm never going to be a champion, I'm terrible, you're banged up, you know, you got all these injuries that you got to deal with now. It, it's a really hard mental concept to put your head around. So, I mean... Take your time before you just jump to conclusions that you're done. Yeah, and King Mo, former Strike Force champion, he also calls it a day. And uh, Nick Hine, who fought on the Stockholm card, so three fighters in that one card yeah. retire, which is very interesting yeah. to see. You don't Probably see the first time something like that's happened. Yeah, and I got into a little bit of a debate with people online about whether Gustafson is going to be a Hall of Famer, and I think he will. Like, I, I think if you look at the fact that they're doing a modern wing, I was just going to say that's the one. Like, how many people are going to? retire that are the same stature as Augustuson. I mean, Aldo, I think, will at the end of the year, yep. and he'll be a surefire Hall of Famer. For sure. What but, he's done in Brazil. Yeah, absolutely. but look at Gustafsson. When you say what he's done in Brazil, look at what Gustafsson's done for Sweden. He mm-hmm. basically started an entire market of fighters. He had three title shots um, over the course of his time at light heavyweight, and he was like basically the guy who couldn't beat the guy. He couldn't beat Cormier yeah. and couldn't beat Jones. I mean, those are the two of the greatest of all time. But he's really put the UFC in the Europe market, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think that's where why the biggest reason he should be in. Yeah. Yeah, because I wrote that uh, Smith a year ago uh, is, was just moving to light heavyweight. And um, since then, he's gone 4-1, beating three Hall of Famers and one title challenger yeah, in that time. Crazy. And, and someone was like, Gustafson's not going to be a Hall of Famer. And I thought, yeah, I think he will be. Yeah. But um, we'll see. I guess time will tell on that. But, I mean, you know, they're putting Matt Serra in the Hall of Fame. They well, have, Bisping uh, got it, but, I mean, Bis- he was Bisping a champion. Was a champion yeah. the, the longer Rich, time Rich in the Franklin, career. Yeah, also a champion. So we'll see. But again, it's the modern wing. The modern wing, like there's just not that many modern fighters retiring that you're going to consider for that. I believe in Sweden too. Don't they have, isn't that where like the big gym is where a lot of the European fighters All go? Stars, I think yeah. like Saki, I believe, goes and trains mm-hmm. out of there. That's the Gustafsson's gym. All oh, that's his yeah. gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a nice little spot for him yeah. and everyone in Europe to get together. It's almost like that American kickboxing academy, the, you know, the American top team. So it's nice for them in Europe to start building stuff like this. I mean, SBG now, I guess, is one as well. Yeah, for sure. Out in, uh, in England. In, in England. Or Ireland. in Ireland, rather. But they're, they're, Yeah, and there's also uh, Hills Gym in England has a couple people there. But, um, yeah, the, those are pretty much the, the home bases in, uh, in Europe, unless there's something that I'm forgetting that's, uh, that's fairly obvious, um, which might be the case. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people retiring, um, and Smith right back in the mix he wants to take some time off broke his hand yeah um, doesn't want to fight until next year and i think he's uh, certainly earned that yeah he definitely five fights that. in one in less than a year and i think within that time you're going to see those young contenders evolve and then maybe there's that match against that number one guy maybe the johnny walker steps up or the dominic reyes i mean yeah good no who knows a lot of good fights with those young guys i just want to see those guys built properly i don't want to see them you know, thrown into to the John Jones right away, if possible. The problem is the division not yeah, too stacked. The they kind of get forced to take those big steps. But um, that young, those young talents, is, all of those fights are great for Smith. Um, so with that in mind, let's move on to Nate Diaz, who was on Ariel's show uh, this past, I guess, this past Monday yesterday, and said the following about the lightweight division. He said, basically, I've slapped Khabib, so I beat him. Yeah, I heard that. I uh, was supposed to face Poirier, but mm-hmm. he withdrew, so I beat him. Uh, he's beaten Cowboy. He actually has a, a legit win over Cowboy and Connor. So he's like, I don't need this division anymore. I'm done with it. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's funny, him being <laughs> Diaz. I mean, once I heard that, he called himself the king of the lightweights or something. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Um, he's just a storyteller. He's good, and we believe his hype. I mean, a lot of what he does, he's been out of the sport for three years, but we still rank him so highly, you know? It's just it's what he is. Well, here's the thing about this is 
Diaz versus Pettis makes a lot of sense because Pettis is another 155er that's moved up. Yeah, the size-wise, if you see Diaz against Usman, like Usman will be a giant compared like compared to him. I think he's too small. Yeah, I think Usman walks around close to 200 pounds. He's a huge guy. Easily. And I mean, I I can't imagine Diaz walks around much heavier than 170. He's probably 175, 180. But watch watch Diaz versus Rory McDonald. Watch Nate Diaz when he moved up. And I mean, he was younger than his brain is filled out a little bit. So yeah, Rory tossed him around like a sack of flour. Yeah. Like it's it wasn't close, so I think Diaz. The problem with Diaz is he's one of these guys that's really big for fifty five, and not big enough for one seventy. Yeah, he's he's the one sixty five kind of Kevin yeah. Lee area code. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I'm just hearing him talk about Pettis though. I mean, he's taking this fight based on entertainment value, yeah. right? Because in the one seventy division, Pettis really isn't. Uh, a big factor. He is coming off of that Wonder Boy, but I think it's just more that excitement factor he wants. He says he wants the fights that are going to excite the fans. Yeah, I'd so love to see Diaz like versus it. Kevin Lee. That would be a good fight. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and Diaz versus Ferguson's another. But, I mean, one that's Kevin Lee hasn't today. really been his sharpest. I mean, but uh, it's well, still he's a great fight. one now at one seventy. But again, yeah. you want to get people that are going like, to generate interest. Yeah, someone who can talk, play the mm-hmm. game. Pettis is trying. Pettis is coming out yeah. saying, "I hate him. I don't like him." <laughs> and Diaz after like, that, he's like, "No, I like the guy. Whatever. He's good. He's, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's yeah. fun." But I mean, he's trying. I mean, that's what you got to do with those kind of fights. I mean, you create that hatred. I mean, same thing when you fight Connor. It's the same kind of show. I mean, you got to put the show, big drama show. <laughs> well, Diaz versus Pettis, I think, is an interesting spot because I'm not sure what kind of trash talk there's going to be. I thought, I think that Diaz and Connor were kind of meant for each other. Yeah. He was like the yeah. one guy that, that Connor couldn't get in his head, you know? Yeah. And uh, that kind of thing, I think, helped Diaz a lot. Diaz doesn't care what yeah, Connor yeah, has to yeah, say. Yeah. Um, and I think that the, the second fight between Connor and, and Diaz was very competitive as well. Yeah. And I mean, what does Nate saying that he didn't lose that one? Yeah, he's saying he didn't lose that he one. It was a close fight. Yeah. Was that a split that one? I can't remember if it was a I split. I can't remember either. But it was a very close fight. I think it was a split. I want to yeah. say it was because I remember being like shocked. Yeah, it should have been unanimous, I think. Yeah. I, th- I thought yeah. Connor had won that one, but it wasn't like a it wasn't lopsided or anything. So, uh and Diaz was the first person to finish Connor, so he, he's always going to have that. I wonder what Diaz's plan is. Does he ha- want to have multiple fights? Is he trying to stay active now? He's saying he didn't go anywhere, but I know the UFC has been offering him fights. So um, does he want to continue to be active, or are we going to see him again in another couple years? It's hard to predict the behaviors of one Nate Diaz. I know. So, I mean, we can say maybe he'll fight again you know. in three months, or we could say maybe Has he'll he fight come again out in three years. and said anything? Has he come out and said he wants to stay active? Or no, I don't think he, he will say that. Yeah. I think he's, he's like one of these he lives one day at a time. He's like a dog. Just doesn't doesn't think forward or behind. He just lives one day at a time. Yeah, and I was laughing with his interview with Hawani and how he he's proud of being the forefront of the the cannabis CBD world. Yeah. He's like, you guys were charging me, fining me, and now <laughs> I'm right. the now I'm the leader of it. I yeah. was the first to do it, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. funny him to hear Nick. him say. And he's, and it's a proud thing for him, which is great. I think he's so proud of that to have that accomplishment because. Everyone was sitting there yelling. I think what did uh, Nick got suspended for two five, years? Five years. It was five, five years. Five years. Yeah. NSAC. Yeah. And now they're the leaders, right? Yeah. Which is which is crazy. And uh, now that uh, the UFC's partnered with um, a CBD yeah, company, Aurora Cannabis. Yeah. It's like, hey, look at me. Look what I started. You know, it's yeah. a pioneer. And Nick. Yep. That's true. They were well ahead of well ahead of the curve. And I'm not to say that there weren't others doing it, but they were like advocates. Yeah. On TV, yeah. in press conferences. Magazine, high time magazine, yeah. that kind of thing. But hey, Which, and it's a proud moment for him. Yeah, enjoy it, man. You did it. You definitely did. <laughs> uh, Andy Ruiz. So the thing that impressed me about Andy Ruiz, if we get back to that, is that 
he was coming out and taking pictures with Joshua like he was the champ. Yeah, yeah And like yeah. giving him all this respect, saying he was saying he barely had a camp that he was eating Snicker bars. Basically fooled Joshua into into a false sense Unreal. of security. I cannot believe Ruiz took that shot from Joshua and got up though. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the shot, the left hook that Joshua hit him with. I was, I, I can't believe he came up. That's like Tyson Fury against Wilder. Yeah, I was like, just like, oh up. my God. I mean, the the power and the chin that he has. I mean, I'm I'm in suspect of Joshua's chin now. Now I'm, I'm if he ever fought Wilder, in my mind, Wilder's gonna kill him now with the chin that Joshua showed. Yeah, I mean, you can make that point. Was Wilder dropped in any of his fights? Was he dropped against Ortiz or um, against? Uh... I think he was dropped in the Ortiz fight. Yeah. I want to say that's the rematch. That's a big rematch. Yeah, that's scary. A lot of people don't like it because he's a um, big Cuban southpaw, a lot of experience. I mean, it's a dangerous fight. And outside of those, pack, man. yeah, outside of Wilder hitting uh, those few shots on him in the in the rematch, I mean, it was tough. Ortiz is tough, man. I think it exposes a huge hole in boxing. Where people think that you can set up these heavyweight super fights, like these yeah. are heavy, like these guys can go down at any time. Yeah, I, you can build it with the lower, like weight class guys, yeah. but it's also a big flaw in the whole system of boxing is that all these different promoters have different fighters, and yep. like, you have to work together in concert in order to put these super fights together. Whereas the UFC has everybody under their umbrella. And the problem is this fight kind of ruined heavyweight boxing a little bit because we had the three kings of the heavyweight division. We all wanted to see it. Now one knocked himself out now. So I think it's just going to set up the fight between Fury and Wilder again, which I'm excited for. But Joshua's going to have to build himself back. When was the last time there was a legitimate, legitimate hunger for a super fight in MMA between two different organizations? Like, it must, hmm. might be Lesnar versus uh, Fedor. Like, I, it, it yeah. honestly could be years. The, the one that happened, that actually happened, was Chuck Liddell going to Pride. Yeah, but, that, but think of how long ago that, that was. was. That was a long over time. Over 10 years ago. Yeah. I guess Connor going to boxing, would you count that? No. No, because it's different I different sports, would not. right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Like, the MMA make the fights happen. The big yeah. fights happen in MMA. Uh, hopefully, I think one could be the, the maybe the organization in the future because they're so Asia-based. I don't know. Ah, UFC's no. too I'm, I'm going to sell on that. Yeah, I'm trying. I just don't know. I mean, they can make the Bellator versus Ryzen, Bellator versus one yeah. maybe. That kind of thing can happen. But in terms of the UFC, like, has there ever been a time where you're like, the UFC needs to get this guy? We need yeah. to see what would happen. I mean, like, you, you hear Michael Chandler. Oh, that would be interesting. And now... I think Patricio Pitbull versus Holloway is interesting, but like I, I don't think that there's a legit what, hunger. What for about it. Mighty Mouse? You know, kind of like doing so well in Japan. Maybe it's like a farewell fight between him and um, I don't know. Nah. Cejudo. I'm trying. Nah, no, seen nothing. It. All we've right. seen it twice. Nothing. And they weren't exactly the most captivating fights either. Yeah. Well, the last one was close. Was I mean, good, you could have given it to, fight, to Johnson. Yeah. But it was like I'm, I don't think people were watching that at the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I, guess I they think you need were, maybe I mean, a heavyweight. I, I think it needs to be a bigger weight. Fun. Yeah, but there are not really any good heavyweights outside of the UFC. Yeah, like, no. I would have liked to see Minikov in the UFC, but then Minikov lost his last fight to, I think it was like Czech Congo in, in Bellator. I think so, yeah. So, I mean, like, and that's, that's I mean, if, if that's the level that he's losing to, like, he'd get I think crushed hev- by I a think heavyweights outside of boxing is not great. It isn't great. It's a very shallow. Even in kickboxing, it's not great. We're having trouble finding Rico Verhoeven. Yeah. We're lucky that Botter Hari's back and he's excited. He's putting on all this strength and he's training like an animal. I mean, that's the exciting fight. But outside of that fight, we can't get Rico any exciting fights, which, yeah. is, which is tough. What about Ben Sadiq? I guess he's beaten him. Yeah, well, he's, you know, he beat him, but that's the other fight, too. Yeah. I mean, between Bader and Sadiq, that, that's the, the ones to make this year. So you got a couple guys here yeah. and there. But in, uh, in MMA, like, you just don't see a whole lot of... Like, who would you like to see Cormier fight outside of the UFC? There's nobody. Yeah, no There's one. just nobody. Again, 
maybe Lesnar, but we tried and, and he's not there. And like, and do pe- are people hungry to see Bader versus John Jones? Like John Jones, I think it's pretty fair to say that Jones would run through Bader. Yeah, Bader's looks good, but I mean, he's beating guys who are at the end of their career, knocking them out quick. Yeah. He did win the heavyweight division, but I think Bader could be fun in the UFC. And Bader versus Cormier had a kind of a feud going in the UFC, and then Bader left, so that never happened. But I still don't think there are people that are like, oh, I wish I could yeah. have seen what happened there. Well, I think, yeah, the UFC, uh, maybe... I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think other fighters, like a Musasi. Yeah, but Musasi was in the UFC already. Yeah, They've but bringing him. him back after he's developed and got him better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, didn't, yeah he wasn't a champion in the UFC. He's right? not a big name. He won't promote he well. It's his, not a he super lost fight. lost Jacare. It was pretty lopsided. Yeah. I don't know. There's not really anybody. Yeah. I mean, at welterweight, like, there are a lot of good welterweights in, in, in Bellator, but now that, like, Michael Venom Page has lost to Lima, like, yeah. Lima versus Usman's interesting, but I don't think people are starving for it, yeah. you know? Nobody's They're just like, not big names to, to promote But in enough. boxing, it's like, all the time, they always have these super fights that they're building and building and building. Like, to me, if I'm the zone, I'm making, and you have Canelo and Triple G, just make that fight as many times as possible. Yeah, as you can. My, uh, <laughs> like, my, everybody will watch it every time it's on. Yeah. This weekend, Triple G fights. He's fighting yeah. my boxing sparring partner. Oh, really? Yeah, he's yeah. fighting uh, Steve, Steve Rolls. Rolls. from Toronto. Yep, yeah. Steve Rolls um, helped me prepare. He was my boxing sparring partner when I fought my world title. Yeah, he... Uh, it's going to be good for him. I mean, I'm excited more for like, okay, me and Steve, I, I know where I stood with Steve when we were boxing. So now to see him go against Triple G kind of makes me always think like, it's not going to be exact, but it's kind of like, okay, man, like I've hung with Steve. And does that mean I can hang with Triple G? Like I'm trying to make oh, let's boxing. See, let's see what happens you know? with Steve, I guess, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I know. I, I felt Steve, you know, many times. We've sparred maybe six, seven times together. Well, I heard that this guy who Nikki Holskin faced on short notice Caleb Smith. Yeah. He's looking Ooh, great. Caleb Smith looked amazing. That, I messaged makes, all my guys. That makes Holskin look way better, right? Yeah. The problem is when, when Caleb fought him, he was very – he didn't know Holskin. And when you fight a different guy, it's like it's different – it's different feelings. Like when you fight a kickboxer versus a boxer, it's so different. I mean, we stand a little bit more square. We move differently. We're not as sideways. So even for a boxer to fight a kickboxer, it's slightly different. So if you were to fight Triple G and, like, let's say it was going badly for you and, like, you're in the ninth round, you've lost, like, eight of, eight of nine rounds, would you, like, just light kick him just for fun? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I guess so. I'm not going to The look, down. You, the look you gave me when I suggested that you would lose no. eight of nine rounds yeah, against somebody. Right was, away there. I was, was like, nah. I was like, I got to stop. I got I to gotta walk yeah. this back. In my mind, I beat him. <laughs> I, I'm up eight rounds. No. Um, no, I'm not that kind of guy. But well, I, I would, I'll, I'll probably flash in training a few times. But you, you could probably break like a boxer. A boxer I, I would to love to a, box. A kick. I, I, I really love boxing. Uh, near the end of my career, I started really because it was different. So I started loving it. I was like, man, like I always had maybe plans after because um, kickboxing was illegal in Canada. I wanted to have my world title, you know, w- defended a few times, and I would have loved to have boxed a few times, especially because of my fans. My family could all have watched me yeah, locally, right here, you know, yeah. and I can sell tickets and I can, you know, have a nice arena here. So I always thought about boxing after. You mean a nice arena in Aurelia, the uh, Casino Ram? Yeah, one of those. <laughs> I mean the the Scotia Center. Yeah, I'll sell well, that bad boy. When was up. the last time they had boxing at the Scotia Bank Center? Like, uh, did they have it Make with it um, new. with uh, what's it called? Um, Adonis Stevenson and uh, that was there, wasn't it? Was that against Badu Jack? Was that at the Scotia? I think it uh, might have been. I think so. That's there when Rico. another Canadian kid that I knew fought Brandon Cook, another yeah, yeah. local boxer, fought on that undercard. Hmm. I, I can't remember if that was a Scotia Bank or not. I think it might have been. Yeah, but Caleb Smith looked awesome after that fight. By the way, I messaged all my guys and I was like, "Watch this guy." Mm-hmm. Really good. I was really impressed with Caleb Smith. 
And the girls fight. Did you watch the girls fight on the undercard? There's no. two women fighting. Katie Taylor, I guess, was one Katie of them. Katie Taylor, yeah. and I don't know the other girl, but it was a fantastic fight. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I messaged my friends after. I was saying, I really enjoyed women's boxing. I mean, it was a great fight. But the two-minute rounds, uh, women's boxing, I didn't know it was two-minute rounds. I always thought there were three minutes, just like all the other sports. But the women's have ten two-minute rounds. I loved it. I thought the two-minute round was perfect. Yeah, because it's just action. Like yeah, I was like, get the, the guys to do two-minute rounds. I would, I'm like, I would love that. It was short in the fight by qu- 12 minutes. Is, what is it, an amateur? Probably two to three I th- minutes. I think it's like I think it's usually but it's three like, minutes. It's not, it's not ten rounds, though. It's like No, they'll do like four. Yeah, it's like four rounds. Yeah. Four, six, or something yeah. like that. But In the Olympics, I remember. It was kickboxing it was will do three two-minute rounds, but I know in boxing, I'm pretty sure they keep the three-minute round just less number of rounds. But I love two-minute rounds. I think it would just make boxing that much more fun and maybe get more you know, casual fans on it. Hmm, interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I have uh, the zone account, so I'm, I'm interested to, to see what happens there. Um, the Athletic has ventured into MMA, which I thought was is interesting. I mean, this is more industry talk, but um, I think it's really good for this MMA journalism space because it's opened up so many more jobs. Yeah, yeah. And this is a, a space that it's a lot of people have struggled to get into. It's been very difficult for people to um, cover MMA, and it's been hard for a lot of the people that don't work for the big sites to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I can give a shout-out to James Lynch, who just joined The Score, and he's made kind of a name for himself in, in this space, oh, and nice. Nolan King... Um, as another guy who's really made a name for himself. But, um, you know, I've, I've watched guys like Jim Edwards, my, my friend from the U.K., really, you know, um, bust his back to travel to these Is, is Jim Edwards, events. was he on the Hawani show recently? No. The English guy. Who's the oh, older? That's, uh, Pete Car- is it Pete Carroll? And, uh, what's it? his name? Um, was it Pete C. Carroll? I can't remember if it was Pete C. Carroll or who it was. He's been around for a while. He interviewed me for my world title fight. He was down there, and we ended up being on some podcast. Who, Jim Edwards? The uh, the English guy. Oh, the, the guy that was on with Hawaii. That was Hawaii. Yeah. But yeah. he ended up being a big name. He does all the Bellator stuff. I think UK MMA is taking over, and he does boxing. Yeah, and Jim was doing kind of the same thing, but he he was spending a lot of money to get to all of these you know all of these cards and like just about breaking even, I think. So a lot of these a lot of these other reporters, it's very hard for people to get into the space, especially for on site coverage, because of how much it costs to to yeah, have that yeah. kind of a, a career if you're going to fund yourself. Yeah, it's so really tough. Now that you have all these other websites. Like MMA fighting right now. Last week, before they hired Damon Martin, they only had like two writers. Like really? they had, they had like uh, Jose Youngs, and they had Alexander K. Lee, who like who lives here. Yeah, Lee's the one I was just reading. So, because so many of them have have departed, so now there all of, there should be more openings at that site. Uh, a couple of people just left MMA fighting, so there's going to be some openings there. Like it's it's nice to see in the industry that there are new opportunities for people that are making names for themselves in the business. It's, yeah. it's refreshing. Yeah, TSN.ca. Slash MMA. Yeah, well, that, that's just a one-man show. There you go. But if anything happened to me, then that spot would open up. Maybe. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, very, I'm very disposable. <clears throat> uh, What's, uh, what are some of the bigger... S- <clears throat> Sorry. Choking here. Still recovering from sickness. <clears throat> yeah, I'm that, that cold sticks around for a long time. Yeah, it's I had that same weeks. one. It's just lingering. It literally just, just hangs there. Um, what are some of the bigger sites now? I grew up on SureDog. Yeah, and SureDog has kind of become a bit of a wasteland. Like it, it, yeah, it, that's it, it, what I grew up on. They still got some good writers there, but it's been it's taken a hit. Mm. Um, there's still like Bloody Elbow. There's still MMA Fighting. There's still yeah. MMA Junkie. There's still people, yeah, I guess people still go on and read the websites. Yeah. But I feel people now mostly get their news through social media, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. The Twitters, the Instagrams. Um, and that's what makes it difficult yeah. for a lot of these sites is because they're so click-driven. Like they need yeah. to get clicks. So. You know, if you're on Twitter and you're breaking news on Twitter, people don't care to go read the follow-up story. They're like, oh, okay, this person's fighting this yeah, person. Yeah, you said it in, you yeah. know, 50 characters, and that's it. Next. Mm-hmm. more. What they, should do, what they should be tweeting is, 
guess who so-and-so's fighting next? Click here. Click here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There click you here go. to find out. There you go. Clickbaiting people. Yeah, exactly. I like it. <clears throat> I've got a mystery for you to solve. The answer is behind this link. Yeah, click here. And you'll find out who is fighting in Sochi in August yeah. in the UFC. Just even though that before that 100 people probably just tweeted it, but we'll still try it. Yeah, we'll exactly. Still try yeah, it. We'll, we'll, let's get it out there. Yeah. Um, officially announced today, UFC 242, Khabib versus Poirier. Nice. Announced by yeah. the UFC. Now, the weird thing about this is there's no ticket information. There's no venue. <laughs> <laughs> and tickets are going on sale at the end of the week, so let's see what happens. I think there might be one of those situations where they have to build an arena again. Really? Build an arena and then take it down at the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm uh, hoping to go to um, Abu Dhabi, I think, in September, maybe. That's when that fight is. Is that when it is? Yeah. Oh, hopefully it's around then. Well, I had, Glory, uh, Glory might be having an no, event? No, no, one of my fighters, Tariq. Yeah. Um, he might be signing with a that uh, fight organization Brave? out there. Yeah. Brave, okay. So I think Brave wants him down there, and he was he asked me what my glory schedule was for September. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. hopefully it's worked if it's out. A, if it's September seventh, you might maybe it'll be down there. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I hope it's around. Well, let man. me see. Does Brave would this be listed yet? Uh, you might be breaking news that Brave is having an event in Abu Dhabi. I don't know. Hopefully, I sh- maybe I wasn't supposed to say anything. Sorry, Tariq. Let's <laughs> see, Brave. I'm just excited because I'm Abu always Dhabi. To go. Brave Combat Championships. Let's see if they have one scheduled. September is not that far away, technically. I hope it is far away because then that's when summer ends. But um, while we take a look at that, um, let's elaborate a little bit more on Khabib. So um, Brett Okamoto of ESPN tweeted out that um, he's he signed a new contract with the UFC that has a clause in it that would has certain language for if he were to fight GSP. And I, I had sent Brett a message about this saying, can you like expand on this a little bit? What does yeah. that mean? And he said he understands it to mean that it would be basically a whole set of rules that would change, like a whole different kind of com- contract for that one particular fight if they were to make that happen. Yeah, I'm sure it's that money super fight and you want to just protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. So Makes sense. But at the same time, when you when you look at that, it makes you wonder, like, GSP, by retiring, that was a very smart move. Because if you, if you look at what he now has, it's just a ton of leverage. Because if you're GSP, you can go to... You know, you don't need to worry about getting. They don't have to call him and offer him fights because he's retired. He's not in the USADA pool, which I mean, he, if he were to take another fight, he'd have to get back in. But yeah. the desire to bring back GSP would have to be high enough for them to have to convince him to to do all of these things to go back in the USADA pool to unretire. Whereas if he never made his retirement official and was like, I'm just going to hang out and wait for the right fight to come along. He loses a lot of leverage. Yeah, but and it was now the- with Khabib desperate to fight him because that's the big fight that you can make. Yeah. You've got they're gonna even have to more throw leverage. more. Yeah, they're gonna have to exactly. throw more money at him. Yeah. yeah, in order to get it. But it was the UFC that didn't want that fight, right? Yeah. So the UFC apparently GSP's team contacted the UFC and said George is willing to take another fight. He just he only wants to fight Khabib, and they didn't like that idea because of how stacked the lightweight division is. And I, I can understand yeah, that. Makes sense. But at the same time, if you want to build the super fight, you build a super fight. Especially after this interim belt gets unified. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean. Yeah, I, and I think that, that we're point. gonna have to see where Ferguson's at. Like, if Ferguson beats Cerrone this weekend, then Ferguson is, I think, the next contender, no, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. But uh, what also what's also happening with Connor? Because Dana White on Sports Center today in the states uh, said he wants or Connor still wants the rematch. Connor, we're gonna see what happens, how this all plays out. We'll see yeah. what happens with this event. We'll see what happens in September, and then we can talk about Connor. I saw Connor with uh, a cast on his hand. On social yeah. media. Yeah, it looks like he had some sort of injury. Yeah. So who knows what that means. But at the same time, it looks like the chances of Connor fighting this year are starting to really whittle, dwindle down. I bet you if 
I mean, I don't love the rematch between Conor Khabib. I think Khabib's just going to do the same thing. I don't think you're going to... You're not going to improve that much to be able to do that much better against Khabib. I'm sorry you won't be able to. I don't care how hard you work at learning how to stop a takedown. You're not going to stop it. Same same outcome. So I think if Poirier ends up winning, you're going to see probably Conor try to rush back in there as much as he can because then he'll want that belt. He has a good shot against Poirier. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point there, then maybe the rematch with the title becomes a bigger thing. So, like, he's probably just sitting patient, waiting. Yeah, see what I, happens, and I think that might make a lot of don't sense. Don't love Khabib for him. Do not love it. I don't think it creates for that. I think the pre-fight's going to be really exciting, but I think the fight itself doesn't interest me. It would sell a lot of pay-per-views. Yeah, but I mean, because of the pre-fight stuff. I mean, I, I think the fight itself doesn't entertain me as much. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how that there could be a different outcome there. Yeah, no, neither do I. Agree like with I, you. I mean, Connor 100%. would have to hit him with a big left, and that can yeah. happen. Yeah, the, I mean, Connor catching him would be the only. Yeah, it's similar like Tiago Santos against Jones. Yeah, you don't. I don't see think the, I don't think it's that the, the odds should be that long, but I, uh-huh. you know, at the same but time, hey, Anthony Joshua. We saw what happened the first time. Yeah, Anthony Joshua, the king gets dethroned. So yeah, it's thirty-two to one favorite. Yeah, but I mean, I think we, we all we, took I that guy as a that in the slouch. UFC. I think we saw that guy as a slouch, and that's what Joshua did too. Yeah, and that's why he won. Yep. Because if you go back and watch his previous matches, from what I understand, he's got really good technical boxing. He hits hard. He's, yeah. His he's, amateur he's record right was 100, 100 wins and five losses or yeah. something as an amateur. Went to the Olympics as well. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And apparently he was offered at one point like $30,000 or something to fight Joshua. Yeah. Turned it down because he's like, what are you talking about? This guy's a big ticket. And then when um, your buddy Jarrell Miller was pulled from Busted. the fight, he, Ru- apparently Andy Ruiz sent... Eddie Hearn a message through Instagram and said, I, I'm willing to take the fight on short notice. And yeah. he got $7 million to fight this Beautiful. time. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. I love great for it. The, great for the fight game to see that. Because that's what always happens. When you fight these stars, you don't get anything. Usually, you're, you're, you know, these stars are making 10, 15, 20 million. And these guys who are stepping up are, are making something along the lines of like some, some guys make $150,000 versus the, 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 you know, the 10 million that their opponent makes. It sucks. Give these guys a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're going in there to get slaughtered. You know, they're fighting against, you know, everyone's expecting them to get knocked out. They deserve a little bit of money. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, that he made a good account for himself, obviously, winning that fight. Yeah. Well, yeah, Joe, we have our, our picks segment that we do every week. Yeah, you've and been waiting for, for the this first part. time this you've year. You've been waiting. I think I'm ahead of you. I think as the first time I, this year. As soon as I walked into the TSN doors, you're like, hey, did you check the tallies of the scores? I was like, I, I thought it got boycotted, by the way. I thought because <laughs> my opponent... Um, you know, I picked uh, Uzumir to it's win. It's a push. Yeah, I know, it's sure. a push. You didn't I lose any was, money. You didn't I thought money. it was going to be a canceled bet, but it's okay. Yeah, that's the same thing as, right. a, as a push. A canceled right. bet is a push. Okay. I'm not taking we'll anything out of your you. account. I'm not putting anything into your account. Yeah, but uh, now I'm losing, though. Yeah, you're I don't losing like by, to lose. Losing by $2.90. Yeah. That's not oh, a lot. Well. You can make some ground on me right. this week. So my pick was Anthony Smith, and for all the reasons I laid out last week, that's exactly yeah. how it played out. You know what? Out. You deserve it. You deserve that Yeah, that, pick. that's a big risk, man. That was a 3-1 to one underdog. Yeah. I, I even, uh, on my own, I, I, I like to do, like, to keep the fights interesting. do, like, small little fun parlays. I picked Anthony Smith because of you. So there you go. I won some side money because of you anyway. I, so so you I might made up the 250 yeah, exactly. You might, have, made up the you might have lost the battle, but you won the war. That's it. That's it. So thank you for that. No problem. Yeah, I was... This was the most confident I've been about yeah, an, an underdog like this in a long time. And lately I've been like, I mean, yeah, we might go off on, on the picks, but I trust your picks Did enough you hear to how be able confident to my voice was last week, Joe? Yeah, you were on it. You were basically yelling at me. I was like, I don't know where his mindset is. And you were like, nope. You were so and, set And Helwani said the same thing. Helwani yeah. goes, I don't know what his mindset is. He said he didn't want to take the fight. You yeah. got to think of it from the other perspective. Yeah, yeah. The reason he didn't, the reason he took the fight 
was because he knew he, he couldn't pass it up. Yeah. And he hated the prospect of having to leave his family and train. You're right. He just had so much more to gain. Yep. And there you go. Well, like I said, lost the battle, won the war. Yeah. So, uh, well, congrats on that. Yeah, then. thank you. I was excited. I bet on Uzdemir and it pushed for because you advised me too. So oh, I, there I you go. On, See, that, that right. didn't really. No. Happen. Um, all right. So uh, this is a this is a fantastic card. Twenty one of the twenty six fighters this weekend are ranked. Yeah, crazy. That's unbelievable. I went to the UFC site. They don't do a very good job at ranking properly. They're yeah. totally off. I think they have uh, Valentina Shevchenko at uh, number fourteenth ranked. Oh, really? As the champion? Oh, wow. Well, yeah. that's, that's, so that, I think that they're, they're I think they're pretty <laughs> accurate with their. With their uh, with their rankings, well, uh, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, Valentina's number ranked number fourteen. Henry Cejudo number four, just nice. Where, where Tony Ferguson, this? I have him at uh, they have him at twelve this? on the UFC website. I went to the uh, fight card. Oh, really? And it's just all messed up. And it's all messed up. Well, that's no good. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, this is a uh, this is a really interesting card. Do we want to do our? Why don't we give our picks and then we'll preview it? Do you have your picks already in uh, mind? No, I gonna, need a few seconds. We're going to do two picks this week because. I want to give Joe a chance to to get back in that win column, and I think for pay per views we should do two anyways. I mean the cards have so many good fighters on them that I feel like we should start making this a a, a habit where we take two different uh, fights as long as there are weeks where we're actually in the same room because a lot of the time I'm traveling to these things and we're we only have Monday or Tuesday to tape these, and uh, I'm flying out Ooh. tomorrow night. The one I thought would have been a little closer that I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. I didn't think Tatiana Suarez would have been a minus 900. It was a minus 1100 yesterday. Jeez. I thought that would have been almost close money. I know already. I want, uh, I know one of my picks. Okay. Well, uh, let me, let me just, before you uh, do that, before you say that you thought it was going to be closer, let me, let me just, uh, I I typed these stats out earlier and I want to run them by you about Tatiana Suarez. So she's had four fights in the UFC. Okay. Significant strikes landed 171. Significant strikes absorbed 26. Nice. Takedowns landed 18 in four fights. Takedowns against zero. Boom. Takedown percentage 18 of 22, 82%. Bam. Submission attempts two. Submission victories two. Damn. That is about as good yeah. as a <laughs> stat sheet yeah. as you'll ever see. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of journalists and reporters are calling her the next champ. Yeah, like female Khabib. Yeah. Next champ. And I, uh, I have a lot of trouble disagreeing with them. I think that that's, uh, you know, Pretty accurate. I, I did have a good story from uh, backstage. I think it was UFC 228 in Dallas. She was on the same card as Andrade. And I think I've told this story before. And I tweeted it out recently. Um, they were backstage. And Suarez just completely ran through Carlos Barza, the former champion. Won, won the fight by uh, TKO. Looked phenomenal. And then she was walking backstage to the back after she'd won. And Jessica Andrade was coming, like, was just in the back. Yeah. And they locked eyes. Like, it was mm. like... It was like if two tigers saw each yeah, other. Yeah. They locked eyes. Beautiful. And Jessica Andrade nodded at her. Like as if to say, okay. It's coming. Okay. Yeah. And then about it. an hour later, she knocks out Karolina Kovalkiewicz in the first round. Yeah. And <laughs> she ends up getting the title shot and winning the title. Amazing. But that's like that's the kind of stuff that uh, is crazy to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like, I mean, you have to think that way. You got to like, I mean, I think some people are so friendly behind the stage. There's a funny story that we had. Like my glory debut um, my team was like, oh, my God, there's Nikki Holtzkin. Let's take a picture with him. I was yeah. like, I'm not taking a picture. Like, Are you crazy? Yeah. They're like, buddy, we've, we've been following him. We've been watching. I was like, I'm going to fight this guy in a few fights. <laughs> At this point, I didn't know. I just yeah. I just won my first fight. And they're like, Joe, just take a picture. I'm like, no, I refuse yeah, to take. Yeah, of course. No, I'm like, I'm I don't take pictures of the fighters when I'm covering the events. Yeah. I mean, especially me thinking I'm going to fight this guy in a bit. But I want him to, like, think of me as the boogeyman, as this, yeah. guy, this guy. He just doesn't want to talk to me. Yeah. No. 
I agree. Mean, mean mugging all backstage. Although I will say, when I was at the, um, the last UFC in Brazil, uh, Phil, who works at uh, Phil Murphy, who works for ESPN, was down there also, yeah. and he sent me some pictures through Twitter through my through direct message of me interviewing Aldo and interviewing Anderson, and I wrote to him like, I can't believe that's me, yeah, because yeah. I don't take pictures of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I watch the interviews back, but just seeing like a still photo of uh, like it's for, I it thought you were, my, I thought you were going to tell mind. me a story that you're mean mugging other journalists backstage. No, no, no. I was like, you Quite and Ariel should be, you no, I, I Ariel. I'm down. always, uh, like, I'm very now. friendly with all of my colleagues yeah, because we're not. Sure. I don't think of it as a competition. No, shouldn't. Some people think of it. Uh, you Should know, some people be. are better doing things than others. Like, I can't yeah. write the kind of story that's, that Sean that's a poor, can that's write. That's a poor mentality to have if you want to see other people do bad. And there's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do well, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then eventually, like, you know, people will, like, every fighter, basically, like, if some of them, like, Tatiana Suarez is phenomenal at wrestling. And then you'll look at Jessica Andrade, phenomenal at striking. Like people can just be good in different areas, and that's I think that's. Oh, good. I forgot to tell you, it was sure. pretty cool. I think I was watching a countdown or some UFC promo, and they used a little snippet of you and uh, talking about a fighter. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was. Um, was, it, was it the Rashad Evans? Hall was of the Rashad Evans Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I was cheering. I didn't even care that Rashad <laughs> made it. I was like, oh yeah, I, I made it. <laughs> I was started yeah. cheering that you made it. I was yeah. more excited I was that you were on. Also. Yeah, I was so excited to see you, man. I was like, I'm a big fanboy now. And Eric. both times they aired those for the first time, I was backstage at, at events interviewing people. And I didn't get to see it. Yeah, yeah. People were like, like, hey, uh, you were just on TV on the broadcast. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I was fanboying well, I you when it was on. Yeah. I was so fanboying you. I was loving it. Well, thank you, Joe. I, was I appreciate your support. Oh, I was heavy cheering. I was excited for you, man. <laughs> Especially when I hear like um, even Hawani will mention you on the podcast and stuff. I was like, yeah, he's doing his thing. I'm yeah. proud of you, man. You know what? It's uh, it's been like two plus years, and I feel yeah. like you know I'm I feel like I'm just hitting my stride now. And so, I don't think people I don't see because I, I get to see you weekly now. But I mean, I don't think people know how much you put in towards the channel and TSN and MMA as a whole. So thank you, man. I don't know if listen to this. I hope nice they do know. You. I hope they do know that because yeah, you're always even. That's why it's hard for us to get in studio. You're always at UFCs and you're you're all over the place. Uh, same covering. with you with Glory, right? Yeah. That's it. Keep it up. Yep. All right. Nose to the grindstone. Yeah. Um, so two thirty-eight. Your picks. Give me one pick. We'll go one. We'll go one, one, one. I don't. I can't believe Cejudo's uh, an underdog at plus one fifteen. I'm going Henry Cejudo. All right. Um, do you want to? Well, we'll break the fights down in a second. Yeah. Cejudo. I'm going to go with uh, Tony Ferguson minus one thirty-five. Yeah, that was my second. Um, pick. I'm surprised. Yeah. Like Ferguson. I think should be like a minus 200 yeah, or more too. favorite against a guy like, you know, Cerrone's a phenomenal fighter. And Cerrone's been so much more active than Ferguson. And I think that might be the reason why this line's dropped so much. But uh, I just think Ferguson is a, the more yeah. well-rounded guy. Yeah, that was my that second being said, pick. I mean, Cerrone is ridiculously well-rounded as well. So it's it's a tough one to call. But I just haven't seen Ferguson, like, losing a long, you know? Like, <laughs> you don't but see Ferguson we've lose. Seen, yeah, we don't, but we've seen him got hit against Pettis. Yeah, he gets hit in almost he every fight. He gets hit, and it was pretty, he almost got finished, though, against Pettis. Yeah. Like he got hit, Pettis almost got fight. on top, and then he was able to use his, you know, jujitsu and to grab him on the ground. Yeah, but also layoff for Ferguson. There's also the like problems yeah. at home or that they've been reporting about. So who knows? Yeah, but, but uh, no, that Ferguson was my second pick. But do you need more time now? Um, no, I think I'm gonna go with my gut. Okay. Um, I have a slight gut feeling on uh, Tui Vasa. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good pick too. I, I, don't, I don't think I, this line is way. I think it's uh, off. Also, I think it's a little off. Um, I like Peter Yan. I don't like the odds on it. I, see, I want to go with Cater if it was a little bit more of a closer. I yeah. think I think uh, Ricardo Lamas is too dangerous uh, for that. Yeah, that line is a little bit like uh, that's it's it's basically where it should be. <laughs> but yeah. like, uh, I would like it to be a little lower if I were to look at Calvin Cater. I don't know enough about Angela Hill's opponent to to kind of go pick Angela as an underdog. Mm-hmm. I like that line actually with Angela. Um, 
I like Angela in that spot, but I'm not, yeah. it's not my next pick. But I, I do think. And I mean, even like Aljamain Sterling, like you, uh, I want to go with, I want to pick him, but I, I've seen Munoz on a on a tear. I've, yeah. I've seen him at the UFC Institute. I mean, man, so scary. So I'm gonna call it there. I'm just gonna go with uh, Tuivasa. Keep right. it simple. Keep Tied it classy. Last year in Chicago, he beat Andre Arlovsky by decision. So and then he ended up losing his last one, right? Yeah, he lost his last one. Yeah, and to, I remember who was his who was his lost to in the last. I remember one. losing his last one, but I was hearing him. Uh, Why can't I remember who on Hawani's show today? And I was like, a lot of good confidence. So I just like the way his feeling, his his his, uh, his energy was. Who did he lose his last fight to? That's going to drive me crazy now. Oh, to JDS, the Dos Santos, yeah, yes, which is right, a loss right. that, that makes right. sense. Yeah. Dos Santos is the top three guy in the division. Yeah. All right, my other pick is going to be going against you. It's going to be Marlon Reich. Um, I, I mm. just think that if you're used to fighting top-level flyweights, fighting top-level bantamweights is a whole other ballgame. And I know he beat a top-level bantamweight at flyweight, but yeah. TJ was moving down. and TJ yeah, had yeah, never yeah. fought at flyweight before. And he didn't look now great, he's entering. Sucked out. Yeah, like he's, I think Reich is the best bantamweight in the world right now. Oh, and, yeah, for and sure. he's moving up to face him. Yeah, good. I mean, good luck. I, I I just think that the line. I know the Cejudo is so accomplished, and uh, his wrestling is so Th- high. That's level. what I'm going off of. And his striking Marais has gotten so much good. better. But Marais is striking is so good. Yeah. His but grappling you can't strike is really when you're good on your too. Back, right? You know. Yeah, but you can sub you guys when you're on it. your back. And Marais has really got a really good sub Not. game. Underappreciated. I think it's a lot better fight than you know. We're, That's a really good fight. Yeah, oh, people yeah. are making it. This whole out card to is this this card, and I I I'm gonna ask Dana White about this, but I think this is the most competitive UFC card they've ever done for a pay per view. Oh yeah, like if you just look there. at all these ranked fighters going against each other, like we do have two blowouts in terms of odds with Shevchenko and Suarez, but like in terms of just ranking, like how many ranked fighters are going against each other, like it's got to be up there. And I mean, I think the fights are nicely matched too. Like that Jimmy Rivera Peter Yan fight's incredible. Oh, it's a great fight. Yeah, yeah, great, great fight. Um, but uh, the line for that one's tough, man. I mean, Rivera's uh-huh. lost once in, what, the last 10, like, eight years? <laughs> so when, how many times, aside from that one loss that he's had, let's go look at Jimmy Rivera. He lost to Marlon. And, I mean, like I said, I think Marlon's the best in the division right now. Oh, and he lost to Aljamain in the last fight. He, was, he lost the unanimous decision to Aljamain. I forgot about that. But prior to that, the last fight that he lost was more than 10 years ago. Jason McClain. I forgot that he lost to Aljo. I wasn't at that event. But and Aljamain's yeah. what? Just that one? He had a bad knockout recently, too. He lost right? to Marais also. The yeah, bad that's, knockout that to was the bad knockout to Marais. Marais is beating yeah. all the best guys in the division. Yeah, he got knocked out bad. So Marais actually made his UFC debut two years ago yesterday, and it was his only loss in the UFC. It was a split decision to a Sun Sao. Oh. Or was it, yeah, it was split, I think, to, uh, to a Sun Sao. And a fight that a lot of people thought he won. But uh, he's since righted that wrong by finishing a Sun Sao. So Marais has been looking great. Like, if you look at Marlon Marais's, uh Last uh, three fights, they've lasted. They've lasted less than a round combined, and this is a bantamweight. Yeah, that's just been a killer. Yeah, he's got that good head kick, good power. I mean, just fun to watch. And yeah. I mean, I hope nothing <clears throat> for the best, but for the sake of this game, I hope he loses. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but well, otherwise, fair enough. Um, I can't lose, Aaron. I'm down yeah, two dollars and fifty cents. Competitive spirits coming yeah, out. There we go. I'm gonna start hating on people. And I, I use strategy there, Joe. Yeah. Because you picked Cejudo. I knew your next pick could not be Marlon Rice. I know. So I See, said, I was, I'm uh, going to take who I think is next, just in case Joe has that person in mind. See, I wanted Ferguson, though. I was going to, you, you stole it. I should have picked my first two picks first. Yeah. Then, yeah. Absolutely. Well, there you go. I think you should parlay a few. You. What do you think? Parlaying a few for you? Why don't you parlay a few, Aaron? I mean, I would parlay Shevchenko and Suarez <laughs> on top of them. Uh, that probably won't do to. nothing. Yeah, no, that'll, that'll give, you another give you a couple cents. Ten cents or yeah. something. So I'll just take that. I'll, I'll eat yeah. the chalk. It's fine. All right. All right, so uh, there we have it. Those are our picks for uh, for this week. Who did you? Who was your second pick again? 
Uh, my second oh, yeah, one is Tui Vasa. Vasa. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you got one underdog and one favorite. Um, well, why don't we take a look at this card? So we've kind of talked about Cejudo versus Marais. I mean, I think that uh, this is a tough one for me to picture. You know, like before all these fights happen, I often picture um, how, like, you know, how these are going to look in my head. And this one's been a tough one to figure out because I, I, Cejudo doesn't use his wrestling that much. And if he does try to use it against Marais, like, he could get choked out really easily. Like, yeah. Mar- Marlon's got a really good guillotine. Um which we saw against the Sunset in his last fight, but uh, and then if it's striking, like I, I still give the the uh, nod to Marais because yeah. I don't think that I mean even though Cejudo beat TJ in that fashion, like Cejudo hasn't shown to have a lot of knockout power pre- prior to that. I think he's he's got the the movement to kind of hit and stay long and set things up where Marais has to pressure a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But um, power is That's true. And pressuring wrestlers is never a good idea. Yeah. So I think the power definitely goes to Marais. If he hits you, it's different. Where Cejudo's going to have to string some punches together, probably put a takedown or something with it. It's similar to how it would be Demetrius, like that kind of system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, you These can't are just— too high, high level Yeah, guys. like, I mean, it's, and the thing is, it's like you talk about, oh, you know, he's got a pressure. But both of them are so adaptable that they can easily switch the style. I mean, you can see Cejudo's a great pressure fighter, but he can move well as well. So, I mean, that's what makes it high level, that they could adapt and do everything well. You know what? Jeez, when I'm thinking about Demetrius now, like it makes so much sense that they ended up releasing him. When you think about it, like he wouldn't take that TJ fight, and now if Marais was like in the same mix, like he would never fight Marais. Like, he doesn't want to move up, yeah. And like so, it limits severely the amount of promotional value he has. And when you have a guy like Cejudo, I think Cejudo is probably doing more trying to promote the division and trying to make hype more than DJ has ever done. Yeah, right? yeah. He's talking trash. Very, him yeah, and he's trying. Trash and he's trying. Getting. You know, he's pushing what he can. He said he said the one thing that people don't talk uh, about him or say about him is that he's a pound-for-pound guy. He says, after this weekend, I want to be a pound-for-pound guy. Yeah. Which, is, you know, if he beats Marlon Marais in Bantamway, yeah. sure. And it's funny. I just I love hearing the little trash talk because Marais doesn't really trash talk, but yeah. it's more like if he's going to bring the Olympic medal again, like he's he just ripping yeah. that he keeps bringing the Olympic medal. He's like, that's Olympic wrestling. This is MMA. I just think his uh, it's just good track. Like Marias is just I like his personality. Marlon's like man, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, yeah, very cl- like, yeah. I love <laughs> it. I can't even. I just like that that style that he's bringing with his trash talking. Uh, so Tony Ferguson uh, Cerrone, this is uh, uh, the, the thing about this matchup that I love is that they're so similar. Like th- their strengths are so similar. Um, I do think that Ferguson's uh, got the better submission skills, but Cerrone's submission skills are so underrated. Like I always yeah. say, like oh, I think this guy's got like. I don't, this is this one in my head is just like it makes my head spin because I I try to envision this one. It's the same as the main event. Like usually I can envision how these fights are gonna go, and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. But sometimes my like computer overloads, and this is one of those fights. Yeah, I mean, Cerrone has that good front kick versus the pressure. Like I mean, I don't, see the thing is I hate going against Cerrone because he, I always think that his chin is suspect. He's getting old. He can't do anything. I mean, but then he, then he I'm wins. always wrong. I'm the same way. I'm always wrong with him. I picked him. Al against them. Yeah. I picked uh, everyone against I them. I picked Alex Hernandez against them. Of course we yeah. did. Yeah. I do not see. Cerrone's got something. He's got some something he guiding him. Yeah. He's had a kid. Something's guiding him. Some secret power is giving him something, man, because it's, it's ridiculous what he's doing. If you think about what he's doing and to who he's doing it to, man, I don't know. So I kind of, I can't count out Cerrone, man. I can't count him out in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm done counting Cerrone out because yeah. it keeps biting me. But well, although bet. I did pick yeah, Ferguson, yeah. but I mean, I don't think it's a lot. Like, the confidence it's that I spoke of last week with Smith, 
I don't have that confidence with uh, with Marais, I do. But yeah. with this Ferguson pick, eh, you yeah. know, got to tread a little carefully. Yeah, for sure. And then you got Tatiana Suarez against Ansarov. Nina Ansarov has been phenomenal. I mean, she's she's really come on recently. Um, and and just even taking this fight, this is a fight that nobody seemed to want. Um, and Nina Ansarov has stepped up and taken. It's just looking back at Nina Ansarov. She's won four in a row. Um, wins over Claudia Gadelia, um, Randa Marcos, Angela Hill, and uh, Jocelyn Jones Liebarger. Um, the you know. The, the most recent win against Gedalia was the one that really put her into the title mix. And, uh, of course, I think if she beats Ansarov, or sorry, if she beats uh, Suarez, that, like, you got to think that she's the up next. there for, for the next title shot. You'd have the first couple that have titles. Well, with, if with UFC is right, you know, Suarez is ranked number two and Nina's ranked number three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I apparently Michelle Waterson's in the mix for a title shot. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Calvin Cater, Ricardo Lamas. Uh, I spoke to Calvin Cater last week. He's just got so much confidence. Did you give him the shout out? Did you tell I did, him I yeah. said hi? Yeah, I said that he was actually in the car with Rob Font, and I, oh, told, nice. I told them both that you said hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But he's uh, he's just so zoned in. I asked him, what did I ask him? I asked him about Elias' release, and he's like, I don't know, man. I like, I got to fight next week. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> but uh, those boys work hard. I yeah. mean, I, I didn't think Calvin's record and his experience in the UFC was as good as it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's got a, a very impressive UFC run so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his only loss um, came to Moicano, who's like a top three guy in the division. Yeah, who just had a shot with Aldo, right? He just fought Aldo. Yeah, and Lamas is 37 now. I mean, that's uh, not old in life because I'm 37, but it's old in um, in fight years for sure. And he's had a lot of fights. But uh, he most recently beat Elkins, but then losses to Bechtick and uh, Josh Emmett before that. So He beat Burgos. Oh, I'm I'm talking about Lamas right now. Oh, Lamas. But yeah, okay. yeah. If you look at uh, Calvin, he has a win over Burgos. Nineteen and three record. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really coming along, man. He's he's looked really good, and uh, he he was almost gonna retire because he like was waiting around to get a shot in the UFC and didn't think it would come, and then out of nowhere, it, you know, it came. And they're all part of Joe Lozon's team, right? I think he's with Lozon, yeah. Because I, I think I'm pretty sure Rob Font is, or he yeah, trains yeah. a lot of. I think his... I think him and Font are training somewhere in Boston, and I think they train at Lozon sometimes as well. Because I think there's another gym that they both. And own. they have I a wrestling. Wrong, uh, I think their wrestling coach and manager is really close to them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't remember his name, but I met them all at the the institute. Yeah, so he's uh, he's looking good, and uh, he is coming off a win over Chris Fishgold, which doesn't look quite as good after Fishgold lost this past weekend. But uh, the loss to Moicano, win over Burgos, win over Andre Feely, like those are. Two really good wins. I mean, probably three really good wins because Fishgold's a. Yeah, good it's just hard well. to go against Lamas, knowing how you know much he's done in the UFC and for how long. And he was a big WEC guy too, right? He was. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, Lamas was big in WEC. He's been yeah, like so he's, he's been he's, around he's for a long. time. He's challenged for the title before, so he has been around for a long time. And uh, this is going to say a lot about where Calvin Cater's at in his career. And Calvin said yeah, he he's a minus one seventy favorite too. Yeah, so that's, a lot of respect for him for sure. Uh, Jessica I Shevchenko. This is an interesting one to me. Because Jessica I at flyweight has looked like a different fighter. She's been really, really on. Um, her output is really good. Her boxing is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know how good Shevchenko is. Yeah. But I think that this line is not indicative of how close this fight is. I think that uh, Shevchenko at minus 1,400 is a, is a high number. Because Jessica I is perfectly suited for 125. She lost, I think, four or five in a row when, at 135, which I think is uh, one of the reasons why the line is where it is. I, think, I don't think people have faith in her because of those losses. But if you look at um, her career since that she's won three in a row, her losses at um, bantamweight were to all, all to 
uh, almost all the title challengers. Misha Tate, champion. Juliana Pena won the Ultimate Fighter, was a fight away from uh, getting a title shot when she fought uh, Kat Zingano. Mc- Sarah McMahon, title challenger. Bech Kohea, title challenger in a split decision. So those were tough fights. And her other loss before that was to Alexis Davis. So <laughs> she was, uh, that was another one as well. And uh, she had also beaten Sarah Kaufman. So she was just fighting basically all these really high-level bantamweights. Yeah. Now she's moved up to 125. She's looked better than ever. And um, I think that her footwork's really good. I think she's training now at Extreme Couture with Eric Nixick and with Gray Maynard. Okay. So she's kind of switched her camp up. I think she's still training a little Seppel's bit with those guys in too. Cleveland. Yeah, like I think she's still training a little bit with Stipe's team. Okay. It's also her team. So I think she's got both of those going for hers. And I think that like this this fight might be closer than people are are, are thinking it will be. Well, ideally, to beat uh, a top-level striker like Chevchenko, you kind of kind of have to wrestle, clinch up a little bit. But she's got good Muay Thai, too. So is the key to take Chevchenko down? No, I think the key is to, is to outbox Hit her and, and outpace move. her. Hit and move. Uh, pressure a little bit. More with the hands, if yeah, anything. Yeah, more probably. hands. Yeah, and then take some leg kicks along the way and hope yeah. for the best. But Because um, Chevchenko's kicks are, she definitely has the advantage in kicking range. Yeah. So, yeah, eye pressuring with the hands, probably moving, stick and move. Yeah, so I, I think that she does have a path. I don't think it's a great path, but I think that this fight is a little bit closer than uh, than indicated. Well, I'm hoping for we'll just see. a good fight. Yeah, and then we've got Peter Yan, Jimmy Rivera. Uh, it's a high line, but I don't know, man. Peter Yan looks like he's a, a potential future champion. Yeah. Like, this guy yeah. is really yep. good. Yep, I agree. Great output. Um, doesn't get hit much. and um, Exciting, too. And very Yeah, very exciting. So... This guy's kind of on the fast track to a title, which I like to see. I like to see when there's a, a prospect that comes in and stands out that they start moving them up in a good, good way. Yeah, like fighting like a Jimmy Rivera right is perfect. Him. Yeah, this is twelve and one. Was his one loss UFC or before? Before, perfect. Yeah, Peter Yan's the guy. Only loss was to uh, Magomed Magomedov back in the day in ACB. And his last one was uh, Dodson, which is a nice win. Yeah, and his loss was a split decision as well. So he's uh, he's looked really good since coming to the UFC, but this is a, a pretty, I mean, it's not a huge jump from Dodson to uh, Jimmy Rivera because those two have fought previously. But uh, this is going to be a big litmus test for for Jimmy, uh, sorry, for Peter Yan, and also for Jimmy Rivera. It's an important fight for Jimmy Rivera if he wants to stay in the mix. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. That. Rivera's impressive record too. Damn. Yeah, and his teammates have uh, looked good. Julia Arce and um, and uh, Shane Burgos both having wins. So that kind of thing can kind of success can uh, can be infectious. Although. Um, Mike Trezano, who's also part of that camp, suffered his first career loss recently. Uh, tied to Ivasa, Blagoje Ivanov. I don't know why this line is so close. I mean, Ivanov's a good wrestler, but not like not good to the... Yeah, you know, not to, enough to beat like Not that. enough to beat a guy like Tuivasa, I don't think. And Tuivasa's going to hit a lot harder. Um, so... I mean, I guess I, I because he kind of maybe opens himself up with his striking. Like, Tuivasa can overthrow his strike sometimes, keeps him vulnerable, but... I mean, yeah, I definitely would think he'd be a big, bigger favorite. Like, so. Lugoy's coming off a unanimous decision win over Ben Rothwell, which most people thought Rothwell won, even though it was yeah, a unanimous yeah, decision. Yeah, I remember so that. These are the kind of things you have to look at. Um, and, of course, Tui Vasa's coming off a loss to Junior Dos Santos. Both, both of them have a loss to Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, so, um, it's a fair loss to have in your yeah. career. So uh, let's see how this one goes. For I think Ty Tui Vasa definitely has a, a huge advantage on the feet, and if Ivanov can't take him down, he's gonna, it's going to be a long night for him. Uh, Tatiana, I actually noticed something that uh, Taito Ibasa lands like more strikes per minute, significant strikes per minute than Cejudo and Marais both do. Which, yeah. like, when you think it's a heavyweight and you're comparing yeah, yeah. to bantamweight, that's pretty man. surprising. Yeah, that's why he's fun to watch. Uh, Suarez and Ansarov, we kind of discussed. I think that Suarez's takedowns are going to be too much for anybody in this division. Like, I think Suarez is almost a bona fide future champion. Yeah, for sure. Um, against Andrade, we'll have to see how that goes because Andrade is just going to put pace on her. 
But uh, her, I mean, she's like basically a freestyle. She would have been a freestyle wrestling Olympian if she didn't uh, get cancer. Like she was on pace to become an Olympian and uh, had a cancer scare. I had, well, not a cancer scare. She had cancer and beat cancer. So uh, that's why she ended up deciding to go to MMA because uh, it, it kind of sidetracked kinda her sidetracked. Olympic uh, hopes. Wow. So uh, good story, you know, yeah. there too with Tatiana Suarez. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, Pedro Munoz. This is another one of those fights where I'm like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you can't pick. I don't know. I can't pick. I'm Both in. very good submissions. Both very good striking. I think Munoz will have a little bit of a striking advantage, and uh, I think he might have a little bit of advantage with yeah. submissions too. But Sterling's also, I think, a, lo- a little bit more creative than Munoz, and that kind of stuff has flustered Munoz A little in the longer, past. rangier, but Munoz uh, did well against Cody Garbrandt, right? Yeah, I mean, that was well. incredible. Mm-hmm. He knew Cody only had one shot power and stayed around it and put a good game plan. And he got to finish that one, yeah, too. Yeah, got I that believe. finish, yeah, yeah. At, the, at the first end of the first round, I think. Um, so, and Pedro is such a nice guy. I like Pedro a lot. Um, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, Alexa Grasso. Uh, this is an interesting one, too, because I think Grasso is a, a smidge underrated, although the line wouldn't really indicate that. But That's what I've been hearing. Yeah, Grasso is a really good striker, and I think this is going to be a, a technical, almost like a kickboxing match. Was she ranked higher at one point? No. No? Not than Carolina. Carolina has been at the top of the division for some time. But, uh, you know, her two losses were to Herrig and... Uh, Tatiana Suarez split decision win over Randa Marcos. So her resume isn't fantastic. Didn't Kol- Kol- uh, didn't she get knocked out pretty bad? Kovalkiewicz is, got, is coming off a bad knockout loss to uh, to. Oh, actually, sorry, she's coming off a decision loss to Watterson. Okay, before and before that, that she, she got knocked out in the first round by, uh, by Andrade in by less Andrade, than two minutes. Right, yeah. So um, we'll have to see how this one goes. I know Carolina has also talked about taking some time off because she wants to become a mom. She wants to retire in the next couple of years. So okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what her mindset is going into this one. That's the kind of thing you have to think about. Um, with this line, though, I mean, minus 130 is a pretty good number for Kovalkiewicz, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, she's good. She's long. She's talented. Like, I mean, if you're it's looking there. at strictly striking, I know she's coming off a loss to Waterson, and uh, Waterson's a pretty high-level striker as well. And, and I mean. more unorthodox, yeah. the sidekicks and, and stuff like that. It's not your traditional look. So, uh, you know, she lost to a power striker in Andrade, and I think that her and Grasso are kind of similar in the striking realm, and I think Carolina just has a lot more experience. So we'll see. I, but I think that this line is actually kind of, kind of generous for Carolina, um, given that she just lost to two of like the really top people in the division. Um, Bavon Lewis making his debut, or sorry, uh, his following up his debut where he lost to Uriah Hall, uh, considered one of the top prospects in the UFC right now. Um, trains one of the main training partners of John Jones, so um, he's got really high oh, upside. Nice. I look forward to seeing him fight. Um, you've also got. Uh, Eddie Wineland against Grigory Popov. Uh, I, I don't know much about Popov aside from looking at his resume and seeing that he's beaten people that have losing records, and that's never uh, a confidence-inspiring thing. But uh, on the flip side of that, Eddie Wineland is uh, is 34, and uh, he's coming off of back-to-back losses. So that's going to be one to watch for me. And uh, Caitlin Jukagian versus Joanne Calder, which might determine the next uh, flyweight uh, challenger. Which yeah, is, that, it's surprising that's the first fight I on the, was on the whole night. I just going to say, it's Why? the first night on the early prelims yeah. on UFC Fight that's Pass. very surprising. Yeah. yeah when I, was... I heard how Wani Day was the curtain jerker on his show, I thought he meant the, the, like, the late prelims. Yeah, no, starting no, the wow. fight. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, why not make that the main event of the prelims? Yeah. That's very confusing. Yeah, they put that Angela Hill. Yeah, so well, maybe, maybe one of these two uh, ladies rubbed somebody the wrong way and they, well, they're I mean, punishing them. But, uh, but again, looking up, look how stacked the card is. Yeah. You said it yourself, you know? For sure, for sure. So but I mean, hard to but I mean if, you're, if, you're, if you look at Jan Shannon versus Angela Hill, like this should, fight should be above that, don't yeah. you think? That we're talking about two of the top-ranked flyweights against that two unranked strawweights. Hmm. So who knows? But I never understand why they structure these cards this way. Who knows? Maybe they want people to watch from the beginning. Like they could be, that could be the reason. Yeah. 
Who knows? Get people on yeah. uh, watching them all. Get them on Fight Pass. I never understand how they lay these things out, and I'm kind of done complaining about it. Yeah, and, and I, if, it were, if, if I had the book right now and I was doing this, it would be Ferguson and Cerrone yeah. as the main event. And the Sweden was one of the shows that TSN did not play, right? Yeah, okay. that was an international card. But we can still uh, talk about some some things that happened there uh, if you'd like. But not, not a whole lot to take away. A lot of good upsets. I mean, we saw Smith. We saw Lena Landsberg had a, a big upset as well. Um, but uh, that's about it. Uh, another big knockout from Leonardo Santos, who's mostly who's known as like a jiu-jitsu world champion. He also knocked out Kevin Lee a couple years ago. Did you see that knockout that Santos had over Steve, Stephen Ray? Uh, I don't know. It was one of like the Ooh. least technical punches you'll ever see. It was like, like one, one of those... these, like up, down, like basically it was coming down at like a 180 degree angle and just yeah. cut it right on the temple. That's like it was it. like perfect placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off a counter, like oh, it's like, it looks beautiful on the replay because the guy just goes like he hit him he in the exact right spot. But the, when you look at the punch, uh, do you want to come over here and assess yeah, this punch? Let's see if I can find this thing. Yeah, let's go on. Uh, let's let's look this thing up. Uh, how am I going to find this? Let's see. I'll put it, I can pull it up on Fight Pass, I guess. Here, let's just do this. Leonardo Santos, Stevie Ray, UFC Canada Twitter. Let's see if we can find it. I'm sure they have it on their Twitter site. Or I'll just pull up the UFC Canada Twitter. But uh, yeah, just I, I want I want to get your your assessment on this on because this on just this one particular punch on what it, on what it looks like on how it looks and and. Uh, so here, here, watch this, and then you can just go go back over to your mic and tell me what you think about that. <laughs> Do you see how he's basically it's threw like it right down? Throw. Yeah, yeah, it's like a base. It's it's exactly a good way of comparing it. It's basically a baseball throw. Yeah, he definitely he definitely didn't hit it with the the front of his knuckles. No, it was like that here. was almost yeah. like uh like the 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 mid knuckle. You and know, it was perfect, like right here, right on Bling. the temple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of weird though. You think about it though, is that. And that's similar to how we knocked the out glo- Kevin Lee. But the glove's not covering that spot. Yeah. Right? So it hit it with it. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. I mean, it's like doing the old school uh, Boss Rudin, uh, the, the the palm strikes. Yeah. You know, who knows? I always love seeing these jiu-jitsu guys strike? throw. Like like when uh, Sergio Marais had that big knockout. I just love seeing it for some reason. Like when yeah. you, you're not expecting it from yeah, these guys. And like, uh, who was it that, got knocked, like, that knocked out Dong Young Kim? I forget who it was. Or maybe it was Dong Young Kim knocked someone out. It was like... A while back, and I was like, "Whoa, how'd that happen?" I'm gonna look that up because that was another example of uh, of one where he went down and I, and he just didn't expect it because of the type of fighter he was against. Yeah, you can go back and look. But talking about silent oh, knockouts, it was Demian Maya, I think. Demian Maya like knocked him out in 47 seconds, but they said it was a muscle spasm. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. But that racket is it racket? Yeah, the racket. Oh my flush. god! Yeah, Manawa just. No, he was out for a while. That was scary to watch. Yeah, it was. That but, was that was as bad a knockout as you'll see. But and that'll what, be on highlight reel for oh, years yeah. to come. But what was crazy, which was, I mean, you can see how adrenaline plays in that fight because as soon as he got the knockout, he was yelling, he was telling everyone to shush and putting like mm-hmm. go to sleep, and then he apologized after. Yeah. He's like, "Man, I'm so sorry." You're right, guys. it's just adrenaline. Yeah, I'm just so sorry. I don't want to be that kind of guy that just over celebrates seeing my opponent down. But I thought that was a nice way though, mm-hmm. because you can't control that emotion yeah. at that time. So I kind of like that he said sorry and he apologized. He's like, "But that just shows classy martial arts, man." Mm-hmm. I liked, I liked the way he did that. Yeah, and another one of these up-and-comers in the division, so that's nice to see. Um, next week, no UFC event. I know, that. weird. The Wonderful. next one is, yeah, it's a while. Yeah. The 22nd, I think it's two weeks, right? Uh, no, it's just one week. Okay. 
What's the week after? There's one on the 22nd. Greenville's the 29th, I think. And I think there's but what's a, on the 14th? Or, or maybe the 14th, there's, there's no event. There's no event the yeah. next and then week. The week and after, the I think, week is Greenville, and then I think it's Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the 20th. 20, yeah, 20 22nd and 29th. Yeah, when, when's 22nd, next? I'm in Paris. Yeah, that's when you're in Paris. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we may not I have, have a it. Glory Paris event. Maybe we'll uh, we'll tape two next week and we'll uh, we'll preview. Yeah, and then events. the Friday, that uh, June 14th. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a, a Bazooka Invitational show. Oh, that's, that's your first show. Kickboxing show. Yeah. So that's then, and then I leave for Paris on the Tuesday. Well, let's plug that show. Where's the Bazooka Invitational? How can people get it's tickets? It's JC Banquet, which is right across from my gym in Scarborough, which mm-hmm. is very close. So if you know where Bazooka Kickboxing is, 680 Progress Avenue is just basically across the street. And we've got the, the highest level amateurs. Remember, professional fighting still illegal here. But we have all of the amateurs who are basically ready to go pro. So as soon as they legalize uh, professional kickboxing here, these are the guys that are going to be your forerunners. So if Glory ever comes to Canada, these guys who are on this show will be the ones representing Canada. All right. So got the highest level, and we're excited. We're cool. excited. Is that Just tennis the, player uh, that, uh, on the card? The tennis player. Yeah, the guy that you trained that you said is like an elite athlete. Oh, the volleyball player? Volleyball player, no, yeah. We no, we had a falling out. Oh. He's a young martial arts kid who doesn't understand martial arts. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. You were, you were hyping him up. I was hyping up. him up, yeah. yeah and it's, it, it really bothered me, yeah. Pissed me off. Like he, spiked, just, he spiked it right into the I'll net, tell, Joe. I'll, I'll tell you, Aaron. I mean, I've been now part of martial arts. I've been doing martial arts for probably 30 years now. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I'm 34. I've been doing martial arts for 30 years. The idea of what a martial artist is has totally changed. It's it's not the same as it was when we started. People expect things more. The, the, the mixed martial artist now expects his coaches to hold pads, and he wants one-on-one training. He wants that Conor McGregor lifestyle, the whole camp around him. What about the grueling, the bag work, the, the, the runs when you're on your own? Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're just so dependent on other people, these new martial artists. Do your bag work. Do your shadow boxing. Grab a partner. You don't always need your but coach here's the thing with Connor, 24-7. Though. Here's the you know? thing with Connor, though. How do you think Connor came up? How do you think he began, became Connor? Yeah, Doing the all the stuff school? you're talking about. Yeah, that's what you need, man. These, these new school martial artists. Like, they'll sit there. Like, uh, I, for example, I'm holding pads for, for my guys who are competing. And they'll sit there in their weight. And they'll just look at me like, am I going to call them up or not? Hit the bag, train, gruel, get down, do your bag work. Where's your runs? Are you waking up doing your, your strength and conditioning? Like, they're just, they're just, I don't know, not the same anymore. They're not as hard. They are just want things given to them. I don't like so it. So all the hardworking ones are the ones we can see at the banquet hall? Yeah, that's it. Seriously, <laughs> right. my two guys representing bazooka kickboxing, they grind with it. They push. They work hard. They earned everything that they, they had. So all right. I'm excited. Well, maybe I'll come. When, when is it again? What day? Friday the 14th. Let 14th. me know. 14th. Okay. Cool. Yeah, shoot me yeah, a message. I'll come. Maybe I'll oh. have my family's uh, Sabbath dinner there. We'll there you just, go. Yeah, it's yeah. a banquet hall. We'll just get some, we'll get some, some bread, That's some it. challah. And we'll, we'll take a little break. Some wine. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Say, say some blessings over the PA. That's it. I got to right. learn them if I'm doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, looking forward to that, Joe. So that, that'll be uh, that's the 14th. And uh, you can check out Joseph Valfellini on YouTube. Latest video, as we discussed last week, still on Ring Control. Yeah, Ring Control. I'm filming tomorrow, so I'll have a few more videos coming up by the end. You want to give us a teaser? What do we got? I don't know yet. You just decided on the fly? Yeah, I kind of go. I'll teach tonight. I teach at the. My, my classes today, and then from my class, I'll be like, all right, this is what I want YouTube to see. All right, perfect. Well, Joe, thanks for this, yeah, thank and uh, you. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.